Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board. Draft day is here. The NFL draft tonight. Complete coverage over the next two hours as we go through picks 1 through 32 with all of the latest headlines and much, much more. But we begin today's show with an offer for new FanDuel users. Get $100 whenever Trevor Lawrence is Take drafted it. to the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight uh, around 8.10, 8.20 Eastern time on NFL Network or ESPN or ABC, wherever you're watching. You can log in right now, FanDuel.com slash OK360. You bet $5, you win $100 whenever Trevor Lawrence is selected number one to Jacksonville. You can though, you can then go to back to the app where you'll have an extra $100 and bet that throughout the night or cash out. FanDuel.com slash OK360 for new users. Go do it. Guys. Quite the deal. The draft tonight. Here we go. We made it, gentlemen. We're here. We've arrived. It's one of my favorite sports days of the year. I'm excited, ready to go. All of the talk, all of the mock drafts, all the speculation about rising and falling and everything else, it's over with now. Now we have an actual draft that we'll be able to discuss more in depth tomorrow. Still a long time till pick three. This show Paul's will go such fast. such a Debbie Downer. This show will go fast. The rest of the day will go slow up until San Francisco's on the, on the clock. I'm not big on the way they draw things out. I'm not big on the fact that there'll be, what, 15 minutes of Jacksonville on the clock for a pick that we've all known since Jacksonville won the number one pick in, in the draft. Well, they'll be on the clock for 10 minutes, but it'll take five minutes before Goodell goes right, to the podium. Right, goes to the podium to put them on the clock, and so that pick will be made 15 minutes after the show starts. Um, but, hey, uh, after that, there's a lot of intrigue uh, in, in this first round starting at pick three. And uh, we, we like that intrigue. Um, it's, it makes for great TV. And, um, you know, they're not going to be tipping picks, um, you know, unless somebody goes completely rogue, which would be a big story, <laughs> one that we'll be talking about tomorrow. Which we root for. Yeah. I'd love to see somebody go rogue. I will say this is one of the few events that I don't mind them drawing it out. <clears throat> uh, it comes once a year, and it's a television production. I mean, it's not, it's not action. It's not a game, right? We love games, obviously, but this is something that's meant to be drawn out, especially in the first round. Once you get to the later round, let's keep, keep it going, which they do for the most part. They're just showing picks at the bottom of the screen and talking about something else. But for this first night, I like the process and the buildup. I like checking in on different broadcasts and seeing how they handle it, seeing the pre-produced pieces that they have ready to go. I kind of enjoy that part of it. This, this night, to me, is one of the few nights I'm okay with it lasting a long time. Hutton, tell us about the forecast. 
for unlucky, Oh, Cleveland is going to be rainy. I think there's an 85% chance of rain in downtown Cleveland around 8 to 9 p.m. tonight. So it's very unfortunate. Lake effect. Very unfortunate with, with the weather. And then by Saturday, whenever we get to rounds 4 through 7, sunny. Sunny in Cleveland for the weekend. Uh, if you want to go and have a good time for the NFL draft, uh, go for the weekend and not for round one tonight. I've been to the state of Ohio many times. Some with you guys. Hutton and I all went rise. and covered the NCAA tournament in Dayton. Our famous all rise trip. Uh, well, we, we often joke that um, the sun never shines on the it's state very of Ohio. It's always very gray. It's about 45 degrees, I feel like, year round, or at least every time I go. But there was one day in Cleveland where it was beautiful. Uh, when we had brunch. Outside. We drove down to the lake to have lunch close by downtown. We were in Canton. for it was the glorious. And it was a beautiful day. And that's the one memory I have of Cleveland is actual good weather. And they're not going to experience that. Me and my homeland, it called to me, my, my birthplace. Here is the draft order that we'll see tonight live from Cleveland where Jacksonville will be on the clock first, followed by the New York Jets uh, where they're expected to select BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. And then the draft gets really intriguing. The 49ers uh, trading up from pick number 12. What do they do if with they're alive. the pick at quarterback? Uh, in which direction do they go? Uh, whether that be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Atlanta, uh, they have been fielding calls uh, and taking those calls for teams trying to trade up, reportedly trying to trade up. And uh, so far, they, they have not accepted any offers. They stay, they stay at, at four overall. Cincinnati, uh, mock drafts have been going offensive tackle or wide receiver at number five. But again, whatever Atlanta does with Kyle Pitts, uh, if they choose to go quarterback and surprise some people at quarterback with Arthur Smith in Atlanta, what does Kyle Pitts uh, end up doing in Cincinnati paired with, with Joe Burrow? Or does he fall to Miami? who currently picks sixth tonight. Detroit, Carolina, and Denver, uh, with Carolina and Denver in a trade yesterday for Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Dallas Cowboys round out the top 10. Look at the NFC East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, 10, 11, 12, and Washington rumored to be one of the teams that wants to move up. They're drafting 19th overall. Uh, they would need to get uh, and move up some if they were going after their a quarterback, like they're rumored to be after. But uh, it's tough to figure out what teams in front of you want to do, especially if you're all in the same division. And we know how bad the NFC East is. That, that is an intriguing set of picks, 10 through 12. Scroll tonight. back to the top, if you will, uh, Jacob. I, I just think, uh, I don't see Atlanta going quarterback, but if they do, if, if they were to take Lance or Fields there, and the feeling has been Lance, right? I still think... Cincinnati or Miami could be in prime position there because I, I think Detroit, Carolina, or Denver, even, even Denver having made the trade, could take a quarterback or could be in prime position there starting with Detroit for somebody to come up and get them. I think we should never be surprised. <clears throat> it's trending that way. We see what's going on with the top three. People want <laughs> quarterbacks. If they like quarterbacks, no matter where they have them numerically on their overall board, they're scored up. And until you have the quarterback, you can't do things. If you're one of these teams like Washington, if you're New England that's changed into a go-for-it mode and you feel like it's time to go get the next guy, um, I, I think you come up to 7, 8, 9, to, to get the guy that's left. And to me, Justin Fields is the story of this draft, unless, 
as we suspect, maybe San Francisco is playing games with, with the Matt Jones thing there, and they take him. But if they stay true to, to the Mac Jones rumor, I think Justin Fields becomes the story of this. Somebody's got to come up and get him. I can't imagine that he they drifts will. and drifts and drifts. Somebody's coming to get him. In the big story yesterday as we signed off, right, right after we, we left the show, was Teddy Bridgewater in the, in the deal to Denver. I'm curious about what two deals, Sam Darnold in the Panthers and now Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, what does that really do to their desire to still find a quarterback? Because I have, a, I have a sense that maybe even Denver, even with Teddy Bridgewater still. as insurance, will still want to trade up or still, even if they're at nine, draft a quarterback in, in that spot. And I don't think Carolina's completely out of the quarterback market either, even though they have Sam Darnold. Those are, to me, number three is clearly the pivot point of the draft with what San Francisco does at quarterback with that pick. We know they're going to take a quarterback. We don't know which one. And then after that, eight and nine, Carolina, Denver. Do, does either team move up? Do they try to do something at quarterback there? I think that's a really interesting point in this draft. That Denver deal for Bridgewater was cheap. Sixth-round pick, and Carolina ate, what, $7 million of the $10 million salary? I, to me, Hutton, that doesn't change what you're doing. I mean, it gives you insurance. If you don't get a quarterback, you've got Locke and Bridgewater, so you've got two Decent options, right? You're not dead. I think they're dealing Drew Locke this weekend. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know that Drew Locke has a huge – Drew Locke is somebody get a backup, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a backup. But that doesn't take Denver out of the quarterback market by any means. Well, Hunt, you brought up 10, 11, 12 in that NFC East trifecta of picks. Um, Everything I've been reading, I'm trying to find consistent threads of what people think a direction a team is going in. And to me, that 10, 11, 12 is pretty consistent. Patrick Sertan – to Dallas, Quiddy Pay to the Giants, and then a receiver. Whatever the best receiver is left to the Eagles at 12 has been a pretty consistent grouping of Sertan, players. Sertan, though, could go to Carolina and throw that off if Carolina takes the first defensive player, and I've seen that some places. So all it takes is, uh, and we know this, one thing to foil that that triple play that you're talking about. The other thing on the quarterback, final thought, Carolina hasn't exercised Darnold's fifth-year option. They're waiting to do so until they see what unfolds. And there's a lot of talk that he could be traded again based on what Carolina does. And we know consistently that the the tone from David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is he wants a home-run quarterback. You know, if Justin Fields is sitting there and they like him, they, they might not be done at quarterback. I have a feeling the Panthers are going to give Darnold more weapons around him. They're pairing Matt Rule and Joe Brady with Sam Darnold and saying, let's actually put some coaching behind you. You have Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy. They can use offensive line help. They could use a corner. They could also, they could be in position to draft Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell and pair him with Christian McCaffrey. There are too many options available for them, and they're closer than what people they're, think. They're, they're pretty close. They got a defense. Atlanta's that's up in and a coming. rebuild mode. Um, the Bucks are trying to run it back, and the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. And, and there's an extra playoff there. team. And there's an extra playoff team. So Carolina's sitting there with the chance to go all in, at least for a year or two, with their quarterback to see what they have. They trade away Teddy Bridgewater. I think they could draft a quarterback later in the draft, but they have P.J. Walker on their roster as a backup right now. Solid. Um, seemingly, yeah, they, seemingly solid. Will Greer also. I think they're better than what people think um, just based on having Darnold there instead of Bridgewater. 
Um, going back, though, to what Chad's saying about 10, 11, 12 and how all the mocks seem to be in sync. The problem with that is there's a lot of assumptions with what Detroit's going to do with the seventh overall pick. And that's where the draft order really begins to adjust. Because if Detroit goes corner, that affects what Denver does at nine. That affects what Dallas does at 10 because that takes a corner off the board for Dallas. If they take a wide receiver, that affects Philly. what the Giants may do. That definitely affects what Philadelphia will do at 12. Uh, it, Detroit was reportedly one of the teams that called Atlanta to see if they could move up ahead of Cincinnati to draft Jamar Chase. Not a quarterback, to, but to draft Jamar Chase ahead of Cincy. And the asking price is too steep because you're going to pay a quarterback price to move up that high and get the, the fourth quarterback off the board. And there's also thought that Detroit is open for business. I think they have six total picks in this draft. They, they can move back and still end up with a corner, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, uh, and they can go defense as well. Micah Parsons may be able uh, to be there if they trade back out of the top ten. Um, and if that's the case, then a team's moving up ahead of all the run on the rest of the QBs. And if, if, they, if they trade down, I think they're trading down and still in position to draft Micah Parsons or a Jalen Phillips. Uh, they could also conceivably take Sewell or Slater. Right, the offensive offensive sure. line is is on their list. I mean, You're they, right. They, they, they're they're the most the position. They're the most position versatile team. Well, that's maybe where in this bunch that really affects what the rest of the that where where we get to the teens. That affects how you position in the trade up for positional players. They're a pivot yeah, point. Yeah, the, the sure. two most common things I've seen with them is either receiver or offensive tackle. But they have so many needs. You want to talk about two different teams in different spots that draft right next to each other. Detroit at seven, and then Carolina at eight. And I'm with you. I think Carolina's closer to being good, and I think Detroit is just a miserable team right now, especially after dealing Matthew Stafford. And they're sort of in this uh, purgatory in of what they need to do, and they have a lot of options. And I have been surprised we haven't been hearing more about the possibility of Detroit being a team that trades down to get more picks because what they need right now are more quality picks. I don't know that they need the seventh overall pick as much as they need more picks because they have so many needs. They need the seventh overall pick if Justin Fields is there. They can draft Justin help. Fields. At, and, and I think they're an underrated team in the quarterback discussion. You know, we're, we're, we know San Francisco's after a quarterback. Currently, they're going to pay $24 million in base salary to Garoppolo. Goff's getting the same amount in Detroit, and they traded for him. So... Um, is Detroit in the mix? And again, Neither we, of them we, we had good. this earlier discussion earlier in the week. Don't really know about the head coach general manager pairing. It's tough to pinpoint and assume what any of these teams up top are going to do. Um, what do the Broncos do if Justin Fields is available at nine? Here, here's one thing about the Broncos that, that I've put some thought into after reading this. And I think my, maybe it was Matt Miller. So you've got uh, George Payton coming in as a new GM. And, and this is where the GM and the coach off schedule starts to come into play. So Vic Fangio could very well be in his last year. So is there some danger? There is some danger to drafting the quarterback in this draft for a coach you're going to hire next year. Right? You want, ideally, you would like to be drafting that quarterback with the coach in a year. So do you factor in, hey, 
this coach might be done. So I just got you two quarterbacks. Or, or we've got an incumbent quarterback. I got you another quarterback. Let's draft a really good player here who's going to be good no matter who the coach is next year, no matter what direction we're going. And if we need a quarterback next year, we'll go in it together with the, me and the new coach uh, with a voice in it rather than drafting a quarterback this year that somebody's going to have to inherit uh, who he may not love. Do Peyton, you have foresight like that? Peyton was elevated to general manager to save the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos. That starts tonight. That does not start a year from now. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater and what they gave up for him is similar to what the Titans traded for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, is it less? They gave up a six, not a fourth. Uh, now, the only difference did, is Teddy Bridgewater smart. currently goes to Denver thinking he's in the mix to start. Ryan Tannehill yeah. knew he wasn't going to. That, and he hasn't the, had the success that Tannehill had at his best in Miami. Uh, that's, I just, that's, that's really the only difference between the two mentalities right now. I, I just don't buy that you draft a quarterback for a coach um, if you're the GM. Like If, if, you're, if you're uncertain entirely. about your coach. You draft entirely. a quarterback for the but franchise. Also, yeah, yeah. You, if it's Justin Fields, let's say, who's there and you love him, well, an, any coach can work with Justin Fields if they're a good coach and they hire a good offensive staff. I get what you're saying, there. but look at Josh Rosen in Arizona and, and what's happening with well, teams quickly. Look at Sam Darnold and the Josh Jets. But Josh Rosen is not very good. <laughs> That's the difference. Like, yeah. If Josh Rosen was great and had a great rookie year, then Cliff Kingsbury would have come in and said, yeah, I can work with this guy. Instead, he saw it and said, I didn't like this guy in college. I don't like him now. If it's a good quarterback – Point being, you Sam can't, Darnold? we're not going to wait on the next head coach to, to draft a quarterback is what I'm saying. You can't do that. And I just really am having a hard time coming to grips with Kyle Shanahan actually believing Mac Jones is better I, than Justin I've Fields. I've said that from the I beginning. I don't get it. I've said it from I the I think beginning. Mac Jones is a good stay in the pocket when everything's perfect, delivered on time, accurate quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to be as great as what Justin Fields is going to be in this league and what his potential is in this league. And I see Kyle Shanahan as a great offensive mind. And again, I bet that Justin Fields will be the pick because I don't think Kyle Shanahan would not take the best available quarterback. And Fields is the best available quarterback there. And I think Kyle Shanahan can work with any quarterback. I think his offense is one that he can mold it into the strengths of the quarterback. I just, I'm having a real hard time coming to grips that San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan think that Mac Jones is the better quarterback. If Mac Jones is all that Kyle Shanahan requires, Kyle Shanahan's got a huge head about the importance of the coach over the quarterback, I think. I'm with you. I need more dynamic at third in the draft. I need more of a franchise changer than Mac Jones looks to be. And I think he'd be a good quarterback, 12th. 14th, 15th in the league. But if you're drafted third overall, I need better than 12th, 14th, 15th in the league. I like, I like Mac Jones at 15 to the Patriots a lot better than I do with number three to the 49ers. I, I, tend, to, I tend to agree. Here's from Todd McShay last night at ESPN. At Trey Lance's second pro day last week, Shanahan and general manager John Lynch met with North Dakota State coaches to figure out how Lance would handle the intricacies of Shanahan's offense, including lengthy verbiage. Uh, Coaches explained how Lance's ability to verbalize lengthy calls, get the offense organized, and set protections is a strength. Um, And then they go on to say the North Dakota State coaches spent significant time with San Francisco and Atlanta throughout this entire process there will at least be a mild surprise in Fargo if both franchises pass on him tonight. Who was the second one? 
San Atlanta. 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 Now, they didn't talk to Nick Saban at all, San Francisco coaches, when they were there. So they know enough about Mac Jones in a big program, and they don't know enough, which makes sense, of a, of a kid at a, at a small school who only played, what, 16, 17 games. Uh, but also when I hear that verbiage thing, you know what you can do there uh, with any quarterback? Not have 15 words in your play call. Uh, that's my solution for any quarterback. I think so much of it is just they're trying to see if you can problem solve. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. all of this, I mean, it's just uh, they, could, they could tweak it to fit the quarterback and shrink some of the words or shrink some of the calls and all that, but they want to see if you're capable of, of handling it more than anything else. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. That's where you can interact with the show today. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe and uh, hit the bell so you get the alerts every time that Outkick360 goes live. Share the post on Facebook Live as well if you're watching throughout the day. We're live over the next two hours talking all things NFL Draft. Coming up, we will discuss the other skill position players throughout this first round and where we think they may go. We'll give some FanDuel prop bet odds and, and much more straight ahead. Outkick 360 on draft day. Back on Outkick 360 alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The NFL draft is tonight, which means you have until tonight to take advantage of free money through FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Go hit that link. And you can bet on Trevor Lawrence to be the number one overall pick. You bet up to $5. You can win $100 if Trevor Lawrence is drafted number one overall. This is open until the selection tonight. He's the odds-on favorite by a mile to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. You go sign up. Restrictions apply. It's only available in certain states. Uh, but it includes Tennessee and Indiana and others. FanDuel.com slash OK360 to take advantage. Speaking of FanDuel, some of the player odds and props tonight. If you're a current user like the three of us, FanDuel.com slash OK360, click on NFL Draft and the icon, go to player props. You can see the over-unders. We're going to show some of them right now. Trey Lance and Mac Jones. We start with Trey Lance. Over-under pick six and a half tonight, guys. What would you go with? I'm going over on Trey Lance. I think that he's going more in the nine range possibly to Denver. So I'm going to take the odds uh, that would be in my favor of betting that, even though that is not the favorite. And I'm going to say over for six and a half. I'm going over. I think he starts at seven in that Detroit slot via trade. That would be the earliest. Yeah, I think this is a – it would be a surprise at this point if San Francisco goes Trey Lance. For me, for me, I, I would take uh, the, the over six and a half. And Mac Jones. So we're all eliminating. Would it be a surprise? Well, what? What? Vac- no. What, uh, it, for me, it would because I think Kyle Pitts needs to be the pick for Atlanta. That's the key on this. Yeah, that, that's where Vegas More is so saying. Do you think? Well, do you think Atlanta drafts him, or does Atlanta trade out to allow another team to jump ahead of a team like Detroit? And they'd be taking Lance, not Fields. Right. If, if you're buying into Trey Lance being the fourth best quarterback of, uh, or the fourth quarterback off the board here, because Mac Jones, what you're betting on the over-under is three and a half. And that's San Francisco, yes or no. That's right. If you think San Francisco takes him or not, you would take the under three and a half on this. I, I'm over, and Chad and I are together on this. We're just having a hard time thinking that 
San Francisco made this big move and ultimately decided that Mac Jones is a dynamic, game-changing quarterback worth all the capital that they gave up to go up there? I think Mac Jones is going 15th to New England. I, I, I take the over on that. I, I, I don't see it at number three. Mac uh, Jones threw for 4,500 yards last year at Alabama. He yeah. set an FBS record for a single-season completion percentage. He was great. 78% completion percentage 2020 first team all american and a heisman trophy finalist and he was the nation's top quarterback he won the top quarterback award uh, last year the davy o'brien award um if kyle shanahan and kyle shanahan is making the call in san france not john lynch yeah it's kyle shanahan he hired lynch if kyle shanahan wants to run play action and wants to build around a guy that's in the pocket and structure of an offense then mac jones makes sense but if you want someone that's going to be more bootleg, Justin Fields or Trey Lance makes more sense. But And they run a lot of boots in that system. i got to be honest, no matter who he selects, I'm going to be high on because I'm, I think Kyle Shanahan's offense makes the quarterback extremely valuable no matter where he's coaching. That, I agree with that. I, I think you on the over or on the, the comparison is – I'm on the under. You think they're taking – Well, the comparison is Joe Burrow in small sample size, but just video game-like numbers. With Mac Jones and Joe Burrow in back-to-back years, they put up the best quarterback statistical seasons in history. And I look at it and say, which one do I think is the more talented player? I think it's Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow can do more even if things break down. Mac Jones isn't doing anything when things break down. And and this is not – it gets old. Well, look at all the talent around him. But I mean, you got to factor that in. That at Alabama this past year, there weren't as many times where he was forced to do something that wasn't there with that offense and the players he had around him, the protection he had in front of him. Joe Burrow, I could say the same thing. They were just as talented at LSU the year before. But we got to see Joe Burrow do a little bit more off script. He could take off and run and get something when needed. Also. Not that he's going to be asked to run, but by the very nature of the NFL and how they're trying to affect the quarterback, you are going to have to do something that's off schedule and off script at some point. I would take Joe Burrow over uh, Mac Jones in this comparison. I'm taking Justin Fields over Mac Jones for that reason. They have been, over the years, it's been tough to keep the San Francisco pick under wraps with Shanahan and Lynch. And not that they're leaking it on purpose, but when they traded up from 12 to three, the immediate response at the time, was it a month ago, was they're after Trey Lance. And within 30 minutes of us going off the air, because this happened at 12.45 Eastern, within 30 minutes of us going off the air that day, the national media switched to Mac Jones. And since then, we've been in this news spin cycle on what they're going to do. But as of a month ago, Mac Jones was who they were moving up for. And on draft day, Mac Jones is the odds-on favorite for Kyle Shanahan's quarterback option at pick number three. It's hard to ignore where the news was and where we are now and that we've almost completed the circle. And if it's someone else, we we should be surprised based on what was reported then and what's being reported today. That's totally fair. I want to believe (laughs) that it's it's not Jones. That's part of it for me. It's it's. It's impossible to ignore Vegas. <laughs> I'll say that. The fact that I got Justin Fields at plus 700 uh, two days ago and Mac Jones is the odds-on favorite now tells me that something reason. is up with Mac Jones and the 49ers. Justin Fields, speaking of the quarterback, 
his odds for his selection uh, tonight. Over-under on the pick. We're about to see it from FanDuel. There it is. Over-under seven and a half for Justin Fields. Keep in mind, the Detroit Lions select seventh overall. Can, uh, can I hedge? Sure. Uh, so I, I want to go over on Mac Jones and over uh, on Fields to, to ease the, the, the pain. I think that uh, you're crazy if you think both of those quarterbacks are lasting past seven and a half. Under. It's under for Justin Fields, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping 49ers at three for Justin Fields, but if not, it's either Lions at seven or someone trading up to get him. To get him I would put a dark horse with the Atlanta Falcons at four and the hometown kid coming home in Justin Fields and that being the pick to be Arthur Smith's future quarterback. Now, I, I go with you. He's going by seven. If he's available at seven, he's going to, to, in that Detroit slot, if not to the Lions, to somebody that To Washington, there. to New England. New England. A quarterback needy team. What, what, does, uh, what does Philly think of quarterback right now? Yeah, I've seen some people giving him a slipping quarterback uh, at 12. Um, you know, and they moved back from six to get some resources. They could conceivably move back up. They don't know the where they stand the draft, with Jalen Hurts. With 11 selections, if my math is correct on that. Um, we go to wide receiver, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase on the over-unders for tonight. I think Devontae Smith, 11 and a half. I think that Devontae Smith, I mean, everybody's giving him to the Eagles at 12 and really huge consensus that Chase and Waddle are going ahead of him. So if you're buying that, it's slightly over 11 and a half. Chase is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. Um, I'm taking the under on the five and a half. Devontae Smith, you, you, you take the under if you think he's selected ahead of Waddle. You take the over if you think Waddle goes ahead of him. Yeah, yeah I'm going under on Jamar Chase. I'm going over on Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, along with Justin Fields, two of the most interesting prospects in this draft. Because Devontae Smith, we all would have said, all college football season, and most people that covered college football would say the same thing. If you're in a schoolyard and you're taking best available player and you're just picking someone for your side, Devontae Smith is the football player you're probably taking number one overall in all of college football. He won the Heisman Trophy, but then he gets to the draft prospects. He's 166 pounds, which I love Devontae Smith. And I'll sit here and say also, that's awfully light for an NFL wide receiver. So I understand some of the hesitation about Devontae Smith. I think where he goes in this draft, to me, is, is very interesting. This chase at five and a half is a, is a uh, referendum on the Bengals. Um, and I do think the Bengals will take him at five. I think it's a mistake. Uh, unless they really think that Sewell is not good, uh, you know, not worthy. But if they think Sewell's the best tackle in the draft and would be a good tackle on their team, they're building the wrong way. Burrow just tore an ACL. Burrow is a, a clearly a franchise quarterback yes. who is uh, he's terrific. And you've got to protect him first and worry about who he's throwing to second. And they're operating backwards. You start with your protection. Yes. It's not Inside fun. Out. It's not fun. It's Inside not glamorous. <laughs> right? It's not glamorous. You're, you're not going to get all the applause tomorrow, tonight. But it's, it's what you have to do. 
It's the, it's the inside-out approach that is tried and true in football. And that's the, I, I agree. That's where they should go. Well, they have a starting left tackle in Jonah Williams. But they need uh, two tackles. I also agree that's and, not and where they're going to go. Sewell is they're a go left tackle. Chase. He is not a right tackle. They can, they can figure it out. Jamar Chase, best year. He's terrific. With Joe Burrow at LSU. He's terrific. And you got two examples of that with Devontae Smith with Tua. Uh, you got potential for two big reunions here. It is funny, though, how you know we discredit Joe Burrow and Mac Jones a little bit, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Boy, I, I could put up some good numbers if I had those guys to throw to and that protection in front of me also. What about Devontae Smith <laughs> putting up numbers with Mac Jones and, uh, and Tua also? What about Jamar Chase with that great year with Joe Burrow throwing to him? Jamar Chase... When the going got tough, didn't come back and play with whoever the hell was throwing him the ball this year for LSU when they were terrible getting run in the first game of the year against Mississippi State. We have a remarkable... He, he, his, the season we saw was with Joey Burrow throwing the ball to him. You, you hit on something big there because we have a remarkable tendency as football fans and analysts to do this. Um, we say, boy, Montana and Young really had it good thrown to Jerry Rice. And we never say, boy, Jerry Rice really had it good being thrown to by Montana and Young. Why do we do that? It's also, I think about the Brady versus Manning comparison, which there's not much of a comparison now as Brady continues to play and win Super Bowls. But for a long time it was, man, if Brady had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and those guys to throw to, what kind of numbers would he have? And the flip side, it was, man, if Peyton had Bill Belichick, in New England system, I wonder how many Super Bowls he would have won, right? There was the back and forth of who's responsible for whom and who's responsible for whom's success, I think, is always uh, something that people go back and forth That's on. It's part of what makes football fun. Yeah. Let's go to defense. Micah Parsons uh, in many mock drafts slotted seventh to Detroit, and he's been pretty steady between seven to nine, somewhere in that range. Detroit, Denver, others. Uh, over under for him is 12 and a half. Pick 12 and a half tonight. So Vegas is saying he, he, they're saying the line is somewhere in the NFC East for Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. I don't know why he hasn't been paired with the Eagles more. The Eagles, uh, uh, they have a need at wide receiver. Their need at linebacker is even bigger. Uh, they have poor linebackers and they don't have long term contract people at linebacker. I could see him going to the Eagles. Um, you know, ahead of a wide receiver. I could see three wide receivers being gone in some scenarios before the Eagles. I think the Eagles are maybe part of the reason why it's set at 12.5, the Eagles at 12. I'm really torn on this one. I think it's over. I think Washington at 19 is one to watch if they don't trade up and get their quarterback Miami or if their quarterback's not with there. The second pick. At 19, I think Miami is another good possibility. Um, I think it's over. I don't think it's even, honestly, that close to where it is. This is one that I looked at, and I immediately thought, this is, this is one that I feel pretty confident saying it's not going to be just a little bit over. It's going to be five, six, seven spots after that. I would take the over for Michael Parsons tonight, too, based on the way the, the offense is rounding out the top ten. I uh, mentioned this earlier this week. Slim chance, but there's a chance we could see straight offense in the top ten. Top 10. For the first time ever, we, we've seen that. Um, it's all I wouldn't of the bet that. I'm, there, there's a slim chance, though, it could happen. And because of that, Micah Parsons would slip out. And, and also the trade opportunities for Detroit, uh, Carolina, 
and Denver now, what the the moving options between seven, eight, nine, I, I think would I, I would take the over for Micah Parsons here. Caleb Farley, over under twenty six and a half on the selection. And this simply comes down to is he healthy or is he not? I'll start out with this one. I have no clue even how to bet on this one. When I saw that number, I thought I could totally see a team like the Titans trading down and trading with maybe a partner like the Bills and getting him at 29 and being right around that range. I could totally see someone in the teens seeing him as the best corner prospect in the draft and being okay with the medicals. Maybe top 10 with Carolina. I think the swing with Caleb Farley is tremendous. I think it's, like you said, Hutton, top 10. I think it's mid-second round could be the fall off based on the medical. So there I have – this is one I just would not touch. I don't, I don't even have – I can't even – I don't feel good about giving you <laughs> just a guess on what, where the, he's going to be. The caveat is, is he healthy? But if healthy, the reporters in Carolina are saying he would be the Panthers' selection. Wow. I go under. Uh, I watched some some again last night. I mean, the guy is a mesmerizing talent. And I watched his press conference that he had in conjunction with the Virginia Tech's Pro Day. Look, of course he's going to sell his health well. Um, but he sold his health really well in talking through um, what he's gone through. Uh, I've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I, I, I love him. And I think ultimately uh, – Talent trumps all in a draft, right? There are going to be GMs that really want to like him. And if they can get medical, you know, if they're going to be like, Doc, tell me this guy's okay. And if a doc tells him this guy's okay, it's going to be like a magnet. I I think he's going uh, before 27. Yeah, I I would take the under that uh, on that as well. Quiddy Pay was next on that list, the, the pass rusher It's from amazing Michigan. how tough these are. And Every he's one. right in the middle of the draft, right at 16 and a half. And this comes, uh, you have to factor in some of the other pass rushers here. But if you think Quiddy Pay is the first or second pass rusher off the board, you take the under. Um, if you think if, that there's a chance that we don't see pass rush, like this is uh, a draft from 20 years ago where we don't see a pass rusher selected until the back half of the first round, then Quiddy Pay's falling, and he's going well past 16 and a half. We're not, we're not playing a game from 20 years ago. He's going under that. I think Quiddy Pay goes around 11 to the Giants in that, in that range. It's funny. This is the first one of these. I, I didn't look specifically at 26 for Farley, but Arizona's got 16. I haven't heard pay matched with Arizona, I don't think at all. Have I missed that? So this is one of the first ones of these I don't feel like the, the team at that number is a candidate for that player, at least in what we've seen broadly in the, in the draft analyst consensus. So I'm a little confused by that. Um, you know, Dallas at 10, a possibility. Giants at 11, a possibility. Vikings at 14 are paired very routinely with Jalen Phillips. So yes. is he going before Jalen Phillips or after Jalen Phillips? I, I, I'm with Chad. I mean, pass rushers are a premium. They're pushed back in this draft, but they're being, you know, not a clear one or two best guys. And like in everything in this draft, by the quarterbacks, by five quarterbacks conceivably being gone by seven, eight, nine. But I still think Pay's probably 
under 16 and a half. I take the over on Quiddy Pay because I think he's very scheme specific. Um, and I'll, I'll hit on that more coming up. Um, finally, let, 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 two more, two more. Let's go corner. J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, and then Eric Stokes. Um, if once you get to pick, Paul mentioned Arizona. Once you get to pick 16 with Arizona, and you start to look at team needs, 14 of the 16 teams scheduled to select all need corner. So Eric Stokes, for me, is a huge bet here. Take the under 37 and a half because of the need for cornerbacks at the top of this draft. No matter how deep the position is, I would take the under on Eric Stokes at the bottom of your screen there. But here's the bigger debate. Sertan or Horn, and Sertan has been mocked a lot to Dallas. But I mentioned, I, I think that, that Detroit is in play. Carolina could be in play. Denver can be in play for corner. I would take the under on both of these players. It shows Horn you, and Sertan. It shows you also, when you see how close the margin is, 10.5 to 12.5 with J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, how close teams view these prospects. And I could see J.C. Horn, a scenario where he's the first corner off the board, not Sertan. You're right, Hutton, that pivot point is Dallas at 10 in terms of Patrick Sertan. I, I have a tendency to look at all three of these. I'm dead on with you with Eric Stokes. There's I think no it's a way, great bet. There's no way he's going past 37 in this draft. A much more difficult bet. I, I'm going I'm going under with both Sertan and J.C. Horn when I look at this right now because those top – I also think those top corners, and Eric Stokes is not one of them, but those top guys, premium. They're going off quicker. There may be a lull when you get to the Newsom range after that, but these guys, they're going quick. I uh, On top of the Farley discussion, too. I'm yep. under on um, Stokes for sure. I like that a lot. I'm under on Sertan. I think he's the first defensive player. I think I'm over on Horn. I think Horn may be the Chargers at 13, which, again, is right at the number. Running back, Najee Harris, many think going to the Pittsburgh Steelers if he lasts to pick number 24. Buffalo also in the mix for running back, which makes this prop interesting. Najee Harris over under 27 and a half. Meanwhile, Travis Etienne, 32 and a half, right there on the fringe where Vegas is telling you, are you betting that a team that drafts tomorrow is willing to move up and take ETN with the team that's willing to move out and gain picks, gain more draft capital? I'm over on Harris. Pittsburgh needs offensive linemen to block for the running back that they're going to get, first and foremost. You can get running backs later. We all know this. Yes. First-round running backs, not generally a smart idea. Here's why they might be a smart idea for somebody like ETN if you love him. Fifth-year option, and then you're done with the guy. You get him, you run him for five years, and you're done with him. So I could see somebody coming in uh, or, or just taking them. If you're a good football team, Buffalo perhaps, um, that, that needs to be better at running back, you bite the bullet on the first round running back late in the first round every once in a while. So I, I go, but my gut says under on that. I could see him going at the end of the first round.
I don't think Pittsburgh's taking a running back, though. I think Pittsburgh builds smartly, and they know about inside out, and they'll go offensive. I would take the over. Uh, excuse me. I'll take the under on. I would take the. Harris. Oh no! I'll take the over on both, because I think Najee Harris goes after the projection, but but goes tonight in the first round. As I think, I'm thinking to myself, if Najee Harris is at 32 to Tampa, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, but I, I think he falls back a little bit further than expected. I don't think Travis Etienne is drafted tonight. I'm going under on both. I think that Najee Harris is going to Pittsburgh. I think it makes too much sense. And I think that Travis Etienne's going to Buffalo. Uh, I think that makes too much sense for what they need with the top two running backs on the board. So I, I like the under on both these guys. And watch for the teams with multiple picks tonight, Miami and Jacksonville, among those. Yeah. You know who I uh, – And Baltimore. You know what I think the Bucks should <laughs> Baltimore do? Baltimore loves running backs. Oh, they do. You know what I if think the Bucks – If anyone can pick a good running back, it's Baltimore. I like the Bucks to pick the, the next quarterback. Get him in under Brady. Uh, I, I know, you know, who knows how long Brady's going to play. But they don't have a need because they've got everybody back. If you like, uh, if you like somebody. Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, Mills would be in that it, range. Mills is a name that's popping up a lot. If you like that guy, here's a situation where you can really afford to sit a first-round quarterback, let him learn behind the best guy. And put yourself in position to not have a monstrous quarterback dip if you successfully develop. And Bruce Arians can develop quarterback. I just don't. Bruce Arians is going to retire with Tom Brady. No, I know, but you're handing him off organizationally. This yeah, is I Jason just Light. I don't know that the league anymore is one where you just draft a guy to sit for a couple of years and, and waste a first-round pick. I mean, if Najee Harris is there any or Etienne is there and you like him and you can even make that offense even better with a, with a complimentary player that's going to play and you're trying to win another Super Bowl, I think you do that now. I mean, there's, there's going to be quarterbacks available next year and the year after. So if you're picking again, you could draft your quarterback in the first round and, in the next couple of years. And you might get a, a bite at Trask or Mills around later. Who knows? Coming up, the very latest information on teams that could be on the move tonight. We'll go through some options on what the news says for those covering this draft in Cleveland. And we'll, we'll give you some other examples on the buy and sell with the rumor mill as this round one unfolds. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. About to discuss who could be on the move tonight in the NFL Draft. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. We mentioned Miami as a potential trading partner. And uh, Detroit also in, within the top ten. But, guys, let's discuss some other teams. Baltimore with two late first-round picks. They need to replace Orlando Brown, who they just traded. Uh, that needs to be replaced at right tackle. They have... Also, Ronnie Stanley returning from an injury. Could they be on the move? Could they package something together and go get an offensive lineman earlier they're, in this they're draft? They're signing Villanueva next week. He visited uh, in the last 10 days, and it's uh, 
reportedly all but a done deal that they will sign him next week. Dennis Kelly also visited. So it's possible that they sign a starter in Villanueva and sign a veteran backup and take care of offensive line with veterans right away. Now, maybe they're waiting just to, to see just in case. But my perception of everything I've seen and read from Baltimore is they're intending to take care of it that way. They are the taking – they're at 27 and 31, I think. If they are. They're taking a wide receiver Absolutely. with one of those two picks. Absolutely. Or they package them together and they go get the wide receiver that they don't think is going to last to 27. That, you know who else that's an option. might still be in play for someone? Allen Robinson was franchised, correct? Mm-hmm. He's not happy. Uh, with the Chicago situation. And so something might happen there after the draft and everybody's sorted things out where he forces or, uh, or Chicago's willing to, to part with him uh, in, a, in a trade scenario I, where he gets a long-term contract somewhere else. I gave you a name earlier this week that made sense for the Indianapolis Colts that you guys all agreed. I'm going to give you an, a name again that makes sense for the Baltimore Ravens. Liam Eichenberg. Yeah, that I've seen him as a, as a tackle to Baltimore. I think makes it. I think it's tackle receiver. Yep. Uh, you can interchange the two wherever they go. But if Eichenberg's there, that that's a pick that pick that makes sense for the Ravens and what they need. They need a go receiver in part because they got turned down by a slew of receivers, including uh, Smith Schuster, who just don't love the situation there. You're not going to get a ton of targets because it's such a run-centric offense. The quarterback is a a runner more than a thrower. He's not a great thrower, uh, Lamar Jackson, outside the numbers. And you're going to have limited, somewhat limited route tree there and opportunities. Now, draft pick doesn't have a choice about going there. So uh, he's going to do it. Hollywood Brown has not been all that they had hoped um, in his, what, two years now? Um, and they need to diversify. He's a number two receiver. Yeah, they need to diversify the portfolio and find themselves somebody that's a number one that forces them to throw it more. Washington, could they be on the move tonight for a quarterback? They draft 19th. The thought is that New England, if they don't want the quarterback, if they want to trade down, which Belichick is known for doing, moving around, gaining picks, that that could be a spot to move up to 15, move up four spots to draft a quarterback. But the thought is also, if Washington truly is in the mix, they need to get ahead of Philadelphia, who drafts 12th. You're going to see the NFC East go 10, 11, 12. And there's a lot of discussion about Washington wanting to get in the mix around that range as well. That's where Detroit, Carolina, and Denver come into the mix for Washington if they truly see a quarterback fall past five or six. They should want a quarterback. Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to give you some great Sundays, and he's going to give you some miserable Sundays, and it's just not consistent enough. And you mentioned Carolina being better than people think. I think Washington's done a good job with that roster since Ron Rivera's got there. I think we all respect Ron Ron Rivera's work. Uh, That's a team that, with a quarterback, Mm -hmm. could be pretty good pretty fast, and that's a division that's not very good. And they, Philly can be on. Philly is a team to watch because they have eleven picks. They're in a soft rebuild. They can I've move heard, around. I've heard a phrase: the soft rebuild. It's like Philly. a soft opening of a restaurant. Right. We're not fully ready for you to come in and have customers, but we're getting there. That's kind of where the Eagles are right now. There's a lot of weird stuff in their front office. Howie Roseman's really running stuff. Sirianni's a puppet. If if you, I don't know if you guys read the story about Peterson, but I mean, they had a Tuesday meeting where even if they won. 
they went over every decision he made and just pounded him, Lurie and Roseman. That's not a very well-functioning organization. Super Bowl winning right coach. Now. Yeah. Two so, years after he won the Super Bowl, he had everything second-guessed every Tuesday. One thing that came to mind, I want to run this by you guys, the moment I saw the Falcons were possibly shopping Julio Jones or looking to trade mm -hmm. down to have a partner, Washington was the first team that popped in mind for me. And um, it's one that I don't know that if you're Atlanta, you want to go that far back to 19 with a trade partner, but the capital you could get in return and the draft picks you could get in return to make that move, I felt all along, Washington's definitely quarterback needy. There's, there's no way around it. But is that the possible trade partner well, to move twice. up and get Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, whoever's there at four after Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and whoever's picked at number three, you get one of the two quarterbacks that's left in that spot. Is Washington a possible trade partner as far up as well, number four Well, do what Miami Atlanta. did. You, you trade back further than you want, and then you come back you up. Come they back went up. to 12 and to 6. You go to 19 and then shop yourself back up. Or, you know, they're, they're, speaking of trading back, there, there is, uh, you know, the, the option of gaining picks for 2022 and the value of future you. picks because this year was so difficult to scout that next year's draft picks are much more valuable in trade bait tonight. Um, you had some guys stay, right? You had the selections. potential to stay. Um, uh, two more. Detroit, if they trade down, they're targeting Micah Parsons or Jalen Phillips. And Buffalo, if they're moving around, they're moving around for a running back. And they've been tied to Travis Etienne for their system. But there's a running back out of North Carolina, Javante Williams, who also gives them the speed option like Travis Etienne, uh, maybe a, a, a tad bit more. So uh, watch Buffalo at the bottom of this draft and what they could end up doing. Yeah, I would stay away from running back order bets tonight because of Williams and his potential. I know you know more about Harris and Etienne based on what you've seen on TV and all of that. But Williams could disrupt this order. There are a lot of bets on FanDuel. I've looked at some where you could bet, like, the order of the first three running backs, the first four receivers, the first four quarterbacks, stuff like that. I'd advise staying a hell away from the running back. Finally, Pittsburgh at 24. They have, in the last seven drafts, gone defense. Does that change tonight? I think it could because I think the run game is their single biggest run concern. Run game was a disaster last and year. And that's offensive line. That screams to me offensive line. I know a lot of people are going running back. I think you need the blocking for the running back before the running back. Just makes too much sense to me. Najee Harris, a Pittsburgh Steeler, love that pick for them with what they need with their running game a year ago. I think they go, they're going to go offense. I think they go running back. But they've lost some things on defense too, Bud Dupree. Uh, first amongst them, they've also lost some some defensive backs. Hilton, yep, um, the the former UT guy, um, another defensive back that that left. Oh, Pittsburgh. Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. Yep. So uh, they've got some replenishing to do on that side of the ball. Never be surprised with Pittsburgh going defense. Fanduel.com slash OK360. We remind you again: you can bet Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Bet five dollars, win a hundred. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Coming up, it is the Tennessee Power Hour. All things Tennessee Titans on draft night. We discuss the options. We go on the clock with our pick, and we tell you 
who we don't want the Titans to select. Next on Outkick 360.